Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Spartans. It is uh, Thursday. Yeah, I, there we go. It's March billion. It's March. It's still March. I know yeah, it's yeah. April 2nd and the year is 2020. It is March 2020 until further notice. Fair. Yeah, I like that. I am your host, Will Hunter, joined by my full of rage co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, how are you doing? How much do you hate Joe Lenardi? I'm I'm not necessarily pleased with uh, him and his antics, you would call it, but we'll we'll get to that later. Will, um, we're okay though. I, I come to you in a calm mood. We were a little bored tonight, so we uh, jumped in the car and literally just drove around for an hour to kill nice. time to absolutely nice. nowhere. So it only took us 20 days <laughs> to the quarantine to reach that moment, which I feel like we stretched it out pretty far. But yes, that is the point of the quarantine. I'm at just burning gas just for. The thrill of doing something, something like driving 35 miles an hour across neighborhoods you don't visit often. So, yeah, my uh, my in-laws who are um, obviously older and um, not quite into the most at risk groups, but are certainly, you know, we're Fringe. more worried about uh, them if, if something were to happen with the coronavirus. Um, so they've been doing a really good job of self-isolating. Um, neither of them are working right now and they're just, you know, hanging out. They got a little place up in the UP and they live on some, uh, like a little reservoir pond type thing. And so they, they have some space and it's like, it's a really good spot to just chill and lay low. Um, but they, when they get just too bored, they too will just get in the car and drive around for a while, stop somewhere. Uh, my father-in-law is a really talented photographer and likes to take pictures. So they'll drive somewhere. Uh, park, go into the woods, take some pictures, snowshoes, stuff like that. Um, so you and my in-laws have something in common in, in how you're dealing with the pandemic. I mean, I get it. I feel like tomorrow's going to be Jigsaw Puzzle Day. So oh, yeah. that's the, the next step into <laughs> our uh, activity book here. So, yes. My my wife and I were out uh, like last week at the, the grocery store and she came back with um, a 1500 piece puzzle of like downtown Boston skyline, which is, um, it's an incredibly detailed and tiny piece puzzle. Perfect. And we've never really done a puzzle. I haven't done a puzzle since I was a kid and we laid it all out and it was just like, I think this is too much puzzle for us. Uh, well, let's give it another few days here and that won't look oh, like we're, enough puzzle to you. We're, so. we're chipping away. We're chipping away. All we'll right. get there. Good for you. So yeah, we're, we're fighting the boredom. Uh, on today's show, Matt, we have some football uh, stuff that we want to get to. There's been, um, you know, some conference calls with players, coaches, and some interesting things to come out of that. So we want to get to a few things. Cole Chewins is one. Jaden Reed. Um, some of the workout videos that have been going around. If we have time, uh, just do some some football catching up. Uh, I also want to talk about. You want to talk about. Um, the, I've got beef. I've got beef. Yeah. <laughs> the NCAA simulations. It should be final four weekend. It's not. We're going to talk about uh, how these simulations are playing out for Michigan State. Um, also want to talk about the punting situation because that uh, is interesting as well. And just want to give you some facts to know about Michigan State's new punter. So kind of a, a football mishmash uh, to close out the show, but we're going to start here in a minute with uh, griping about NCAA tournament simulations and how they are not at all helpful. Not even in the slightest bit. Not at even. all. God. Um, on, on tomorrow's show, we're going to be joined by Kenny Willekes. Super excited. We recorded with him uh, before 
Matt apparently got too bored, so bored that he decided to drive around with his wife. Uh, We, you know, Kenny was fortunate or not fortunate. We were fortunate enough that Kenny was nice enough with his time to give us a half an hour. We talked uh, some draft prep stuff, what he's going through. Then we dove into the 2017 win over Michigan in the monsoon. It was was really a breakout game for a lot of people, uh, Kenny included. And so we talked a bunch about that, a really fun game to kind of go back and and revel in in these uh, terrible times. So that's coming tomorrow. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, are you ready? Yeah, oh, certainly I'm ready, yeah. I've been holding this one in for like the last two weeks about this. Just, you know, go, just go, just the, go. the little mini rant. I'm, I'm not going to scream here. It's it's just a minor annoyance, but can you scream? Hey, just scream, please. I, oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone has read the news lately, but uh, March Madness was canceled. Little, you know, what? tidbit of news. What? Yeah, it kind of flew under the radar here. Not what? sure if you found that out. Well, why? Well, there, yeah, there's a little little bug going around out there. Um, please watch your hands. Stay home. Uh, yeah. So, but you know, wh- why not just remind everyone every single weekend that the tournament was supposed to go on that hey. This is, this is what we're missing out on. We're missing out on great stuff. So as I hop on Twitter, most hours of every single day during this quarantine, during the tournament time, there will be some people simulating these tournaments, being like, hey, MSU beat this team. Oh, down goes Kansas. How great is this? It's not great at all. I, we don't have to have constant reminders about what we're missing. Like, it is devastating enough to have Michigan State rolling into March looking like the team they were looking like. Cash is looking the way he was. Tillman's starting to come alive late in the season on, on defense. And it was just snatched from us. I want it gone. I want it out of my memory completely. I have a hard enough time watching highlights of the season because, really, it, maybe it's just because I'm not that well-adjusted, but it really sucks. The last thing I need is Joe Lenardi being like, oh, and Michigan State beats Louisville to get to the Final Four in this simulated tournament. It's like, yeah, we know they probably would have gone to a Final Four this year. And he's not the only one doing it. There are other people doing it too. Paul Fanson, Twitter, Dr. Green and White, does a fantastic job. I, I He's one of the best accounts to follow on Twitter. But, yes. oh, man, <laughs> he's killing me with his simulations. He's killing me with his simulations. It's like, oh, hey, MSU would play Maryland this week, and OSU and St. Mary's would be on the other end. Like, that seems like a pretty nicely set up table for a Michigan State national title. Good thing we're missing that one. I get it if people have fun with these. It is fantasy land. It really does mean anything. Would everything shake out like this? No. But it came to the point where last weekend there was another Twitter simulation where, hey, Louisville beats Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Louisville goes to the Final Four. And that was the only one that really made me happy. I was like, okay, that's one less account I got to see in my timeline about a Michigan State run we're not going to get. Fantastic. And, hey, if it did happen, at least we didn't have to watch it because, oh, that would be a little heartbreaking. So, yeah, I I know this Lenardi thing. We're going to see, oh, Michigan State beat Gonzaga. And, oh, they beat Kentucky in the finals. They're the national champion. Cash has had this many imaginary points. And then we're going to be like, oh, wow, that's great. They would have It's not great. That, that's, I don't want to say this sucks because I don't want to be overly negative about the situation going on. But, well, I, 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 I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And I've been holding on to this for two weeks. I've been trying to get over it. But, no, I'm not an adult. I will not get over it. I am mad about simulated March Madness, Will. That's what's uh, got my goat today. 
It's just going to get worse when Michigan State wins. Yep. Yep. Lenardi's yep. thing. Yep. 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 Just, yep. I just want you to know that they're they're going to win. God, Lenardi, and, and you know, Lenardi, he he also slacked this year at bracketology. This year, I, you know what? He got saved. It eventually, it didn't even mean anything because there was never a bracket. But come on, dude. During conference tournament season, we got to have updated brackets every day. It's your job. You're a bracketologist. Why do I got to wait two, three days in conference tournament season to get the updated brackets? I'm Jones in here, Joe. I'm Jones in here. Not for simulated tournaments. No, but for brackets. God, Joe. I mean, I know I'm going to come back and, and love Joe next next year again. But, whew, man. He's grinding my gears lately. I gotta be honest. I in the no, early, you don't like him, do you? In the early going, I wanted like I wanted them to put out a bracket. There was some scuttlebutt, like, "Hey, maybe they'll still put out a bracket." And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome. I want to see a bracket. Do it, do it." No. And I, when the simulated tournament started, I was like, "Oh, cool. These will be fun. Um, you know, we'll get to we'll get to you know have some sort of thing and vote on polls or whatever." And like three days in. I was done. I was oh, just yeah. like, no, it's it's horrible. <laughs> and people will, um, and I imagine this isn't just happening with me, but like, um, I'll get tagged in different polls of website X and and things like that. Mm-hmm. Of like, hey, Michigan State's in this one. Retweet it so they can win. And for the first couple, I was like, yeah, let's do it, team. And then after that, I was just like, I'm I'm done. Putting the foot down. I'm I'm just so tired. Yeah. There's six billion of these. I hate them all. I, I, I like them. Now I hate them. And I don't want them anywhere near my life. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And then I was just like, Michigan State. I just keep seeing Joe Lenardi post, ah, oh, Michigan State in the Final Four. And Paul Fanson, who I follow as well. Great job, oh, Mi- yeah. Michigan State, Final Four, favorites. A plus 120 favorite to win the Final Four. And just like, oh my God, I, I can't right now. I know. I just I, I don't want to think about it. I just want to get through these next few months and hope that football uh, is able to be played uh, by the time we get to September. Yeah, that'd be nice. And uh, thank you, everyone that did tag us. I mean, that's very thoughtful yeah, that you no, did, you did think I, of us. Yeah. It's just my fault that I'm not emotionally stable enough yes. to come to terms that hey, March Madness is canceled. So I'm trying to avoid it as much as I possibly can. That does not include when Big Ten Network re-airs last year's Duke game. I will always watch that, no matter the situation going on. But other than that, outside of that, really trying to uh, separate myself from the old shooty hoop season. <laughs> Because yeah, this if, sucks! If I could only handle it for a couple of days, you had no shot from the jump. Yeah, correct, yeah. yeah. All right, let's pause here. We'll come right back and get into our football smorgasbord. I'm glad you got that off your chest. I, I feel better about this. Yeah, I know it's childish, but oh boy, I walk out of here a, a, a better man, I feel. <laughs> All right, back in a minute. Okay, Matt, so we got a bunch of football news that we need to catch up on and react to. Yeah, where do you even want to start here? <laughs> um, you want to start with punting? Because it's Michigan State, and until it's not mm-hmm. Michigan State, it's still Michigan State, and that means we're punting. That means we're punting to win. Uh, maybe that changes in the next few years, but as of now, the last football we saw on the field for Michigan State, punting was very important. And we had some punter news, Matt. We do, and it's, it started off kind of sad, to be honest, because, uh, yeah, uh, the old uh, Australian punter, uh, Baumeister. Yeah, J- he's, Jack Baumeister. He's back um, down under. <laughs> he has left Michigan State and returned to Australia. 
Um, I don't have a VIP subscription to Rivals, but they um, did speak with him. Um, and the, the pull quote they used was needed to sort of reset my mind a little bit is what, uh, Baumeister said. And I just want to say, we don't, I, I don't know exactly. And you should read that if you have the subscription, maybe I'll look into it. Like, I just, I'm sorry. I, I don't have the subscription to it. So go read that. If you can't, you know, it sounds like it's just, you know, it's a kid, 19 year old kid moving from Australia to Michigan, um, that I I'll, I'll put it this way. I moved like an hour and 45 minutes to go to Michigan state. And I had to take a semester off after my first semester. Um, because just because like the change was really tough and, um, you know, school wasn't, uh, what I thought it would be. And I wasn't sure about my major and, you know, my friends were all spread out. Like, you know, just the adjustment period, it was tough for me. How about being a student athlete on top of that, Will? Yes. And I was just a regular old Joe. Like I said, like two hours away from home. I could go home pretty easily. Um, but it was just, it was a tough, it was a really tough first semester. Took a semester off, started back up and everything was great. It just took me a long time to get acclimated to the new life, right? Mm-hmm. Now I just imagine being on the football team, going to practice, and oh yeah, being from Australia, half a world away, um, that could be really tough. And whatever happens with Jack and, and his football future, if he keeps playing football, if he tries it again at a different school, you know that's yet to be seen, and we hope it goes well for him. But clearly, it just wasn't what he was hoping for. He wasn't, you know, you don't leave a situation that you're like, this is great, I'm gonna get out of here. Um, yeah, turning so, on automatic starting time, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, when you're about to finally, after redshirting, become the starting punter. So yeah, that um, that situation happened, and we we wish all the best to Jack. But that sort of left Michigan State in a hairy spot, we thought, for about a day. But it turns out, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out that about a month ago. How did this fly under the radar? With I don't know. Everyone, I everyone mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take blame too. Everyone <laughs> like, how does fly under the radar? Everyone. Corey Robinson at Rivals was the first one to say anything about it, and that was two days ago. Yeah, man. Which is crazy. Uh, But Michigan State has landed Mitchell Crawford, a graduate transfer punter uh, who was the punter for UTEP the last, uh, excuse me, UTEP the last couple of seasons, also an Australian, Yeah, uh, I will say, so from one Aussie to another. But yeah, turns out this was uh, something that was known within the program because they were scouring the grad transfer market for a punter. And they got one in Mitchell Crawford out of UTEP. Do you have the stats in front of you on old Mr. Crawford here? I do. Wow, you, you always come through, Will. Look at you, yes. man. Yes, so um, last year, Mitchell Crawford averaged 39.6 punts. Or 30, <laughs> that's, UTEP 39 <laughs> punts per game. He's a seasoned <laughs> veteran coming to East Lansing. His right foot is swollen two times the size of his left because he can't stop punting the ball, but... Dang it, he's ready to come. I knew UTEP struggled last year. Um, yeah, correct. <laughs> he got some Excuse raps. Me. Excuse me. Um, he averaged 39.6 yards per punt on 61 ah, punts last season. Uh, that number is, where is he, 86 in the country last season out of, you know, 100 whatever there's 130 teams so a little bit lower than middle of the pack but but middle middle lower um for comparison jake hartbarger was 37th 
last year. Um, so obviously a significance there. Um, the year before that, Mitchell Crawford, so he punted for two years at UTEP, averaged 39.8, long of 66 on 73 punts. That's a lot of punts. That's a heck of a lot, yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, uh, down in the 20, uh, I've just got a game log here. Oh, where the hell did it go? Oh, it's gone. Oh, no. All this stuff's gone. Yeah, what just make this? it up on the fly. What the heck? Uh, seven and I don't know. Um, it just it literally it, like disappeared. Um, in terms of stats, but yeah, so I don't know how much to take from that. It's punting, you know. Maybe he's got it in him to punt forty-two yards average, something like that. Which the difference between um, like Hartbarger was forty-three point two, thirty-nine point six, thirty-nine point eight. Um, you know, maybe that's a gap. I don't know punting that well, but maybe that's a gap that he's able to uh, step up. Um, and I don't think it's a crazy stretch to think he might get some better coaching at Michigan State, some better strength uh, conditioning program at Michigan State, better technique, better special teams coaching than he got at UTEP. Just it's a different level. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the punter. And I will say he converted a fourth and 25 last year. Oh, yeah. No, kids got wheels. Kids got there's, absolute there's wheels. A, there's a video going around on Twitter. Um, of him, it was a fourth and twenty-five, and I—I I, I think it was—I don't know—he like caught it and he went to punt, and there was a guy like right there, and instead of punting it into the guy, um, he like juked around him, <laughs> and uh, ran for twenty-six yards for a first down. Keep in mind, Matt, um, mm-hmm. UTEP won a total of two games the last two years. Yeah, yeah, I've watched some UTEP football last year. Uh, actually, it was as bad as it sounds. Yeah. Um, so beautiful stadium though gotta he, say yeah he's he's punting a lot it's not in a great spot not on a good team you can imagine the coverage units aren't great as well um you know maybe there's some more talent there than the stats would uh suggest i i you know michigan state needed a punter they went out and got this kid um you know i, I think it'll be okay that's a good way to put it up. It'll be okay. I mean, listen, this team's going to have other issues than punter. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not to be Mr. Negative again, but uh, <laughs> I don't think punter is at the top of our worry list. So if we get a guy in here who's just average, which seems to be hopefully that could be the benchmark here. Yeah. Uh, fine. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's going to be a rebuilding year. Uh, not to you know spring news on anyone right now. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be a little tough. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't think the punter is going to be um, yeah. too big of a reason for that either. Pretty pretty well put there. Yeah. Um, one other thing we'll get to, then we'll take a quick break and come back. Uh, Cole Chewins, not uh, coming back for a sixth year. So Gonzo, yep. Yeah, that's not a surprise at all. Cole Chewins, when he was healthy, was a good left tackle, um, but mm-hmm. he just wasn't healthy. What happened this last season is he hurt his back, at, like a long-term kind of back injury that was nagging. And the, you know, even preseason D'Antonio's media and stuff like that, whenever he would get asked about, you know, Cole's kind of week to week, he's got to get himself to a point where he can get on the field. Um, That was always the message. And it it was, it was clear to me pretty quickly as someone who is, you know, Cole Chewins is whatever he is, 6'5", 6'4", 6'6". He's listed 6'8", 203 is what I'm reading right now. That's, That's a big boy. So back injuries are really tough. Um, yes. Uh, when you're six foot eight, 
I can't even imagine how tough a back injury is. Like it's just so much more human being. You and I were talking about this. I'm I'm not a tall person, Matt. Mm, um, nah. Back in my heyday, I weighed like 175-ish pounds, 177, somewhere in there, and I was pretty well built and had muscles and things like that. You know, a decent athlete. And there were days because of like back things where I couldn't even get out of bed. Like there was a day I woke up at school shortly after I stopped playing hockey, um, woke up and couldn't move. Like my back was just locked up. I had to be carried into the bathroom and set in the bathtub (laughs) so I could lay in warm water and try to move. Um, And so I am not nearly the athlete that Cole Chewins is. I'm not nearly the size he is. I don't have nearly the muscle, just the, the sheer mass that he does. I can't even imagine what it's like to have that kind of back pain at that size lingering for that long. And so, well, how about if like, I don't know, Chase Young is across the line of scrimmage <laughs> yes. from you. That, that's got to make it easier, right? Surely that's that's a great thing to have with <laughs> a back that, injury, yeah. too. Like then, just just existing yeah. with a back injury sucks, especially <laughs> yes. some of that size. Uh, being able to go out and play football at a high level. <laughs> forget about it. And the, the people online that say like, oh, well, he, he could be back in X amount of weeks or oh, come on, fight through it. You could definitely tell if you made a venn diagram of people that have never had back injuries and people that are saying those comments it is a perfect circle because <laughs> man if oh I, all i've had was like one big back injury where i threw it out i i just wanted to roll off of a bridge it, it was the the yeah. worst pain ever and i was just laying down the entire time i can't imagine playing football with it yeah so i you know he was a redshirt senior last last year fifth year senior and when that sort of was playing out just being there i was like man Cole Chewins is done playing football. Like, there's just no, it Correct. seems like no chance. Um, and so that news that he's not coming back, um, not a surprise, kind of expected. Uh, a bummer for him, certainly. Mm-hmm. And a bummer in terms of just like a lost talent and lost years of being able to play the game for the team and then for himself. And you just hope that at some point it works out that he is, you know, able to be comfortable. Uh, walking around, not dealing with constant pain, uh, as can happen with football players. So, of course, really t- yeah, really tough for Cole. Uh, he was a good player when he was, you know, just getting going. But it's a tough game, Matt. Football and destroys to, people sometimes. Of course, and, and to bring it back onto in between the sidelines during the game too. Uh, Chris Olari wrote this in the Free Press. He wrote this tidbit at the very end that uh, MSU's offensive lineman missed a combined 42 games last year. Mm-hmm. And a uh, new offensive line head coach, Chris Kapilovich, if I'm saying that right. So I'm going to get that done eventually. Ka- uh, wait, no, it's... it's um, Ka- Kapilovic? Ka- no, it's Kapilovic. Kapilovic? I wasn't I, even close. I oh, my so, God. Yeah, we, coach we've Cap, all been saying it wrong. Coach Cap. Coach Cap uh, had a nice quote there um, with some pretty solid insight. It's kind of an obvious quote, but... Uh, I've been doing this a long time, and it's not by mistake when you have the five guys who start the season can play together a whole year that you have more success. And mm. boy, Lord knows that MSU did not have either <laughs> of that last year necessarily as far as continuity on the offensive line or, you know, screaming success. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely hope Chewins gets better, 100%. <laughs> but you, you also want five completely, yeah. totally, as healthy as they can be, yes. um, linemen. Thank you for that dynamite observation. <laughs> it is, but hey, you know what? When uh, when Coach Cap says it, you, you, it's gospel. Sure. It's gospel at that point. Sure. Can't be overstated. Will Coach Cap, who has not left Spartan Stadium once since uh, getting there. No. All right, let's pause real quick. We'll come back and finish off with uh, some talk about Julian Barnett and Jaden Reed. 
All right, Matt. Wow, um, how about going from punter and offensive lineman <laughs> talk to two dynamite athletes? What a juxtaposition we got for you here. Yes. Um, I got a question here on Twitter. Why is Sheehan the way that he is? From the real Ooh, I, guy. I, I love that guy. <laughs> uh, we're still trying to figure out to this day, and we're not any closer to an answer that we were, oh, 27 years ago <laughs> when I entered this world. So, sorry. So, uh, wide receiver Julian Barnett um, played as a true freshman last year, limited-ish role, but was in a lot of games, um, and is going to be looked at as someone to take a, a leap this year given his recruiting pedigree. Um, the, the talk is right now he's – doing a lot of cornerback work. He's listed as a cornerback in the uh, the spring depth chart. Mm-hmm. He's been in quarterback meetings, but there's still sort of an option for him to play receiver. I always saw Barnett, I guess if I would have been projecting it last year, um, I would have said Justin Lane is kind of the path. Yeah. And if you remember, Justin Lane was recruited as a two-way player, started at receiver, dipped his toe into cornerback, and then by the time his second season, it was like, yeah, he's playing cornerback. He occasionally went out for a go route or something like that, played some receiver, and then by third year was 100% uh, starting cornerback locked in at that position. So I think that's sort of the path uh, for Barnett. He starts at receiver, but I think his future ultimately is on the defensive side of the ball. He has all the physical traits you could ever want. Mm-hmm. He, a dynamite athlete, was like the 50th best recruit in all of high school football. Uh, coming into last season and, you know, with someone like Harlan Barnett coaching him, like he is prototype type of dude that you, you give him to Harlan Barnett and you say, all right, turn him into a first round corner and he can do it. Um, he, he's someone who I have a lot of, uh, hope for as the starting cornerback. If that's, you know, the route they ultimately end up going, he could be one of the, uh, the best to ever do it just given his athletic pedigree. Now, whether he can actually play the position or not is yet to be seen but I, I like him his athleticism his physical traits matched up with someone like Harlan Barnett who has churned out a ton of professional corners uh in his time at Michigan State so yeah that's kind of I don't know I, I didn't I wasn't for sure I didn't have any inside information or anything like that but I always thought kind of Ju- uh, Julian Barnett would eventually end up with Harlan on the defensive side of the ball and I, I like it. I mean, but these yeah. are two position groups that are pretty inexperienced, to say the least. I, I guess I would give the nod to receivers for being more promising, I suppose, rather than defensive backs. And really, defensive back is the, the cornerstone of the Michigan State defense with Harlan Barnett. Obviously, um, things could change, of course. But you got Kalen Gervin, fine. David Williams, fine. Uh, Shakur Brown, fine. Chris Jackson, fine. Like, all solid. Josiah Scott leaves an obvious hole. Uh, David Dowell, he's gone from a safety position, so you got Trey Pearson. Xavier Henderson, who we all know is pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Manuel Flowers and Dominique Claude. Those are all solid players. But you and plug Dowell. a guy in. Michael Dowell. I'm sorry, yeah, Michael Dowell as well. Sorry, just right, right over him. Um, <laughs> plug a guy like Barnett in. I mean, he's an, an instant upgrade, but he also would have been that same thing at receiver as well. However, I, just from what I'm hearing about Trey Mosley, it sounds pretty good. Jalen mm-hmm. Naylor, please stay healthy, I beg you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larice Nelson, I- I'm also a fan of. C.J. Hayes, we know that he got a lot of experience last year. Maybe he could take a leap. Um, and, I don't know, we might be talking about another guy here, too, in a little bit, named uh, yeah. Jaden Reed, who, you know, some people that have some say in what happens at MSU uh, seem to like him a lot. So, yeah, I'm I'm fine with Barnett going over there. I would have been fine if he's on offense. I 
yeah, he's just a, a great athlete, and he's going to be an important athlete this year too, most importantly. Yes, he's going to be someone who the next couple of years um, is going to be really important to, you know, if things get turned around and, and they're getting back to level, you're, you're going to look at Julian Barnett as like, yep, he played a big role in this. He's a, a, a surefire pro. He's someone that you, you put him on the field. He's one of the best players, regardless of who you're playing. So that's sort of what you're hoping for to uh, pan out with Barnett. Let's talk about that other guy, Matt. Absolutely. Why don't we? Yeah, let's talk about Jaden Reed. Heck yeah. So transfer from Western Michigan University was a freshman All-American. Had to sit out a season and is now primed to uh, come into the uh, the receiving room and could be the number one guy. Looks like might be the number one guy. We'll Ooh, sort so of see. Probably will be, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a quote from uh, Courtney Hawkins, Michigan State's new wide receiver coach. Um Jaden Reed, quote, will be a huge surprise to Michigan State fans. The kid can play. Um, what I, I, you know, that's really nice. It's great to see that. Um, what I like, too, is um, Matt Seibert, quote, tweeted that and was like, I, I forget. Oh, crap. I, I lost it. Um, but he basically said, man, I've been trying to tell you guys. <clears throat> or or something along those lines, like basically reaffirming Hawkins' words like, oh, here you go, I'm trying to tell you it's going to be bad for opponents, is what Matt Seibert said about Jaden Reed. Perfect. Um, yeah, uh, happy <laughs> to hear something like that. Um, yeah, what, a, what, are you, what are you thinking about Jaden Reed? Are you excited to see him on the field? What did you think of what uh, Courtney Hawkins had to say? Oh, yeah, absolutely thrilled to see him on the field, especially just talking about how inexperienced that wide position uh, group is. And uh, yeah, it's not like it reads super experience. He does only have one year of collegiate football under his belt, albeit a very impressive year. And what really sticks out to me, well, he's dabbled in the kick and punt return game. He has. That is nice. And that really hasn't been seen in East Lansing since, uh, dare I say, Keyshawn Martin. <laughs> R.J. Shelton could do it a little bit. I did like R.J. Shelton. Yeah, that's true. But man, but yeah, that's about it. Boy, howdy, could we use some assets in the uh, kick and punt return game. And Reed could potentially be it. So it's it's very exciting. I like speed. I like dynamic playmakers. Reed seems to be one. And we are already high on him to begin with. And for mm-hmm. the coaches to double down and say, like, oh, yeah, you're excited about him? Get even more excited. Like, all right. All right. Yes. Football season. Please get here. Stay here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's he, go. Um, just watching some of his clips from Western. Um, I did a piece when the, uh, it was about a year ago, almost like uh, April, May, whenever it was, when he announced that he was transferring. Did mm-hmm. a little uh, film study on him. And yeah, he's just, even against, you know, whatever. It's MAC teams. He, he played some good teams too and had some nice stats against Power Five opponents but uh you could just see it the burst the explosiveness he's really quick um reminds me a little bit uh of Rondale Moore maybe not quite the high end speed that Rondale Moore has but is the same type of smaller shifty burst type guy that is you get him the ball and and he makes dudes miss and and there he goes um similar in the vein of of speedy nailer and if you could have a healthy speedy nailer mixed with Jaden Reed um, to go with Trey Mosley, who's um, definitely emerged at the second half of last season. You know, it's going to be tough replacing Daryl Stewart and Cody White, mm-hmm. and you know they were they were solid players. They did a good job, but um, 
you know, the, there just seems to be more athleticism upside with this group right now. It's certainly younger, has a lot to prove, and a lot of work to do. Um, but Michigan State's receivers could absolutely take a step forward this year, buoyed by someone like Jaden Reed. Um, because, man, like, he's an explosive kid. And, and the dumb sports fan of me. Built-in chemistry with Peyton Thorne, senior oh, yeah. year teammates <laughs> with Peyton Thorne. If Thorne is to get that starting job, ooh, baby, yes, give it to me. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, um, I've it's also liked. That. <laughs> actually, we're, we're running short on time, but there's been a lot of chatter of like learning the new offense and new terminology, and, and like I know it's obviously that's happening, but I've just been getting excited about that. Like, ooh, something new, something new, new offense. We get to learn new yeah. things. Throwing the um, ball downfield? Are you kidding me? In yeah, this climate? What? Oh, my goodness. Great. East Lansing? <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, that'll be fun. Hopefully, we get to see it to fruition. All right, yeah. that's going to do it. Thanks to all of you for listening to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. Kenny Willekes on tomorrow's show. Be sure to tune in for that one. We got a bunch of questions on Twitter. We ended up not really needing them. I have banked them. I'm going to bank them. Um, and Matt and I will save them for rainy days, which we are bound to have uh, Probably through April. Monday show, yeah. <laughs> yes, April showers bring May flowers, Matt. That's what they say. Oh, wow, that was very thoughtful, Will. Fantastic. A lot of rainy days coming up in April, so we will keep needing your questions. I got a bunch of them here, so thank you, everyone who sent those in. We'll be going to them next week for sure. So thanks so much for listening. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home. Just hop on YouTube and go watch that 2017 game against Michigan. If A, you need a refresher, or B, if you're just bored in quarantine and need something to watch. All right, Kenny Wilkes tomorrow. Gonna be awesome. See you guys.